Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, December 13th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, with just a few weeks left until 2020, we take a look at what Mississippians can expect from the upcoming census. Then the enrollment deadline for coverage under the Affordable Care Act is Sunday, December 15th. That's this Sunday. We revisit our conversation with Insurance Commissioner Mike Cheney. And after StoryCorps, a ceremonial groundbreaking for Mississippi's First Lady. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Every 10 years, the United States government conducts a constitutionally mandated census. John Green is the director of the State Data Center of Mississippi. He talks with MPB's Ashley Norwood about the importance of the census and how the data is used. You know, one of the things that, uh, as, as researchers, that we're always concerned about is making sure that people are participating uh, in data collection. And we know in, in our day and age, uh, that people receive a lot of surveys and there's telemarketers and there's a lot of things in the mail. Uh, and so it can be kind of uh, oversaturation, you know, people not sure what should I be responding to and, you know, what's what's valid and those sort of things. And so, um, you know, one of the real challenges is to, ma- is to help people to understand the, that, first of all, that this is, a you know, a legitimate effort and that, uh, that it's really important to participate and, uh, you know, and that your information will be protected and that sort of thing. You know, we, we, we see a lot of concern uh, over those issues of, of, you know, privacy and confidentiality. And, uh, and so we're having to spend more time uh, to help people understand that, you know, that there are protections in place and that this is a, a valid and legitimate process. Are any of those challenges unique to Mississippi, or is that sort of a nationwide issue? I think it is certainly a, a nationwide issue, and, and, you know, part of our collaboration with other states. Uh, we're part of a, a national network of state data centers and, uh, you know, share uh, ways of doing things and lessons learned. And, and so I think that that, that kind of issue uh, is, is national. Um, I think in, in Mississippi that we have more of the characteristics that uh, that we're concerned about, you know, low participation rates. So we're, a, uh, you know, still a largely rural state. Uh, we know that we have some areas that have limited access to broadband. Um, we know that, uh, you know, um, we have 
areas with some areas with high poverty rates. And so those are all factors that that we think impact whether or not places will have high participation rates in the census. And so we have to do more focused outreach uh, in those areas. There are some concerns in, about privacy or confidentiality, but what are some benefits that people may not even know about participating in this census? Well, you know, first thing I'll say about those concerns is that people are right to be concerned about the confidentiality of their data, and that's one of the great things about the census is that is that there are uh, so many protections in place, legal protections, um, and, and so we're trying to help people to understand uh, that there that there is um, you know shared concern over those issues and the right protections in place. Uh, in terms of the benefits, uh, you know, the census is required as a part of the Constitution because its main purpose is to determine uh, apportionment uh, uh, in terms of our representativeness in the uh, federal government. But the data are used for so many other uh, purposes. So we think about apportionment, we think about redistricting, uh, but the data are used to help inform uh, federal funding and state funding, allocation of funding for all types of different programs, from our infrastructure, allocation of funds for education, health care, all of those different programs that are, you know, part of serving the public are informed by the use of census data. And for many of them, it's required by law that the census data are used. And so when we think about the importance of having an, an accurate count, that that's, that's going to impact us for the next 10 years. John Green is the director of the State Data Center of Mississippi. Coming up, the enrollment deadline for coverage under the Affordable Care Act is Sunday, December 15th. We revisit our conversation with Insurance Commissioner Mike Cheney. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Have you been in this situation? You're listening to a great story on Think Radio in your vehicle, but now it's time to go inside. You want to keep listening, but you're ready to move on. What can you do? Pull up the MPB Public Media app on your phone while you're in the car you can continue listening to that great MPB local show and not miss a moment. Search for the MPB Public Media app in your app store. Holidays got you in a rush, but you don't want to miss your favorite local MPB program? Then take us on the go and download the podcast today. Never miss a minute of your favorite MPB local programming at mpbonline.org. That's MPB Think Radio. Anytime, anywhere at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Enrollment for coverage through the Affordable Care Act closes on December 15th. MPB's Desiree Frazier talks with Insurance Commissioner Mike Cheney about how Mississippians can access the exchange. Well, what's extremely important for consumers to know is that if you're going to enroll in the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, you need to enroll before December the 15th to be eligible for coverage beginning in January of 2020. 
And to do that, you can go to healthcare.gov on, on a website, and if you do not have a computer, go to your local library. You can try to use your library to look up a website and look at the various plans that are offered. In Mississippi, uh, in every county, you will have the option to buy Ambetter, and in 19 counties, including the Jackson metro area, you will have the option to purchase from one of two carriers, including Molina or Ambutter, either one. What you want to check for, if you're a consumer, is to be certain that your doctor or your facilities are in a network that's accepted by those carriers, and that's all available online. In terms of premium costs, what can you share about that? Premium cost has is, is not increased um, very much. Actually, we've had some decreases uh, in premium, uh, depending upon the type of plan that you would buy. You either buy what we call a bronze, silver, gold, or platinum. 99% of most people buy a silver plan, which is they call metal plans, and that's a standard plan with a 20% uh, copay and a fairly decent deductible. Can you tell us how many people enrolled last year? We, well, last year we had between seventy-eight and 80,000 that stayed enrolled after they paid, they paid the premiums that were due. And this year it looks like we're going to have uh, an increase in enrollment, which is contrary to what you find nationwide. At this point, um, our largest carrier has over 60,000. It's in line with last year. Actually, it's up a little bit. And uh, our new carrier has a um, uh, fairly large number. So we're looking already at around 80,000 people that have enrolled. These numbers look pretty strong for Mississippi. A lot of that is due to the fact that uh, premiums are level. They haven't gone up like they have in other states. And number two is because we have a fairly decent network. It seems to be better than some of the networks that we've had back in 16 and 17. Are people sharing with you what they think about the kind of service they're getting under the ACA? We do get a lot of opinions from consumers uh, regarding their experience with the Affordable Care Act and uh, their networks that the companies have. And generally speaking, when we have a complaint, uh, they're handled rather rapidly. I'm talking about within hours. Our job is to watch out for consumers and be certain premiums are fair. So We've done a pretty good job at that at the department. There have been um, efforts to uh, reduce the amount of marketing. There's very little marketing for uh, the sign-up enrollment period. But it seems like despite that, people are finding out about the program. Your thoughts on that? Well, there's been less subtle dollars into the marketing side. But what we've encouraged the companies to do that are on the Affordable Care Act is to uh, market themselves, to um, let the consumer know that you can buy on the open market or through healthcare.gov. And the reason for that is that we want the consumer to also to have the choice to buy a policy that's not on the ACA if you don't qualify for a tax credit. And um, the companies have been quick to... Um, try to work with us on that issue, to have a, have more competition in the open market and free marketplace outside of all the Affordable Care Act. So it's been a win-win for us in Mississippi. Mike Cheney, Insurance Commissioner for the state of Mississippi, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you, and uh, thank Mississippi Public Broadcasting for the public service announcements they do. Thank you. Coming up after StoryCorps, a ceremonial groundbreaking for Mississippi's First Lady. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. 
Hey there, it's Joshua Johnson from 1A. People have lots of stories about their cars. That long summer road trip, the first hand-me-down, the first car you bought on your own. But cars can generate other kinds of stories, like the stories you hear on this station. You can donate your old car. Here's how. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Happy Holidays from Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Julie Nikolai, she's called Nikki, met her husband Henry Castillo in an unusual way. He lived in Panama where he was born. She traveled there as a Peace Corps volunteer. In this conversation from the StoryCorps Mobile Tours stop in Mississippi, the two talked about their early relationship and the differences between two cultures. It would have been crazy to think about all that we've been through at that point in time. We were so young. I went to Panama in my early 20s. I was 24 when I went to Panama to serve in the Peace Corps. I was, I was a Peace Corps volunteer in his hometown, Ojo de Agua. And... Um, yeah, I was, I was young then, and now now I have a lot more wrinkles and gray hairs. <laughs> what, do you, what do you went to the to Peace Corps? Why? Mm-hmm. Why did I go to Peace Corps? Well, I did Peace Corps. That's simple, but it's, it's a hard question to answer. Why did I do Peace Corps? I wanted to give something back. We have so much here, and I didn't even realize at the time. I didn't even realize how much we have here until <laughs> after I did Peace Corps, and then it seems ridiculous how much we have here and how people worry over everything. But I still, I still appreciate hot, hot showers. Every time I take a hot shower, I'm so grateful <laughs> for a hot shower. <laughs> and before I went to Peace Corps, that was like my one, number one question I asked the interviewer when she was interviewing me before it. I said, oh man, the hot showers, I just don't know about that. But everything else I could take. But she was right. She told me exactly how it was. She said, in the tropical countries, you appreciate a cold shower. We started seeing each other after I started getting to know him. It wasn't very long, and I just, I actually had a night where I just bawled. I was so, I cried, and I cried, and I was like, I just wasn't going to lose this one. I wasn't going <laughs> 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 to. I was waiting for him to do something, to mess up. He was going to go to the police. He was going to join the Panamanian police, and he was training to do that, and he was supposed to leave in November. We met in October. And he was supposed to do that in November. And so I was like, oh, you know it's over when you go to the police. Like, I wasn't going to have any sort of long-distance yeah, relationship. It, it was kind of awesome. And so he never left. Well, it, it was because they never called me. Like, the time supposed to be, like, November, they called me, like, in March next year. How do you feel about being here in Mississippi? Did I warn you enough about how Mississippi <laughs> was? Yeah, you did, but anyway, I came with you. It has been nice for me. It's different, very different from where I'm from. And still, I think that it hasn't changed me how I am. I keep being, I think, I keep being myself. And this is uh, something that I never thought I, I would be doing someday, like living in our country. I feel good. You don't think it's changed you? No. Not at all? How, how- well, no. I, I had to adapt to this place, and it has changed me some some ideas 
Like what ideas? Well, like there is a whole war outside uh, Panama and with different point of view, like all the issues that exist in this country. It was amazing to me in Panama how often people would mention the United States and talk about the United States, even just casually, and then to think about how many times does someone in the United States reference Panama? <laughs> how many times have you heard someone here in, in the United States say, oh, Panama's having a crazy time with that president or, you know, just anything, really? It's not even on their radar. To hear more of our conversation from the StoryCorps mobile tour, go to mpbonline.org. The StoryCorps mobile tour visited Mississippi through a partnership with the Mississippi Humanities Council, the MPB Foundation, and Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Have you been in this situation? You're listening to a great story on Think Radio in your vehicle, but now it's time to go inside. You want to keep listening, but you're ready to move on. What can you do? Pull up the MPB Public Media app on your phone while you're in the car. You can continue listening to that great MPB local show and not miss a moment. Search for the MPB Public Media app in your app store. Holidays got you in a rush, but you don't want to miss your favorite local MPB program? Then take us on the go and download the podcast today. Never miss a minute of your favorite MPB local programming at mpbonline.org. That's MPB Think Radio. Anytime, anywhere at mpbonline.org. Hey there, it's Joshua Johnson from 1A. People have lots of stories about their cars. That long summer road trip, the first hand-me-down, the first car you bought on your own. But cars can generate other kinds of stories, like the stories you hear on this station. You can donate your old car. Here's how. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi is welcoming its first pediatric skilled nursing facility. Designed for the state's most medically fragile children, the center hopes to be a reprieve for those families dealing with medical complexities. Dr. Christian Payne is the Division Chief of Pediatric Palliative Medicine for UMMC. He tells MPB's Ashley Norwood the goal is for a facility to serve as a home to those families. The real blessing of this facility is that it's going to let us provide care for children who are dealing with what we call medical complexity. And it's kind of a wide term, but it really means children who have need of technology or who have lots of chronic illness or just have things that make their lives a little more difficult or require medication or hospitalization more frequent. And so this will really provide a place that is like a home for those children who are in the hospital so often. And really this is something that is nationally becoming even more um, known um, in both the palliative care uh, realm and also just in children's hospitals in general. Medicine can do such amazing things these days to keep our children happy and healthy and with us. 
But sometimes that means that once they get through that treatment, they still have medical needs. And so uh, this is definitely a, a growing population and one that we are, are pleased to be on the forefront of treating here in Mississippi. Outside of medical attention, what, what other kinds of services or opportunities will be available for these children once the facility is open? So that's a, a great question. We really want this to be a home, not just a, a medical facility. Um, and so our hope is to provide things that make this feel like home for these patients, whether that's art therapy or music therapy, rehabilitation, whether that's chaplains, child life specialists, um, really giving them a chance to, to grow and be themselves and be who they are um, and, and who they would be at home um, rather than just um, someone in a hospital. First Lady Deborah Bryant has been a longtime advocate of this care option for Mississippi families. As she tells our Ashley Norwood, the new facility will help families in need of skilled nursing feel more comfortable. A pediatric skilled nursing facility is one that children can transition from acute to uh, skilled care. So that one thing that we haven't had is so many children have to continue to stay in the hospital at times that they could go to a skilled nursing facility and transition back home. And so many times these parents end up taking their children directly home from acute care, and that's very difficult. They don't have the opportunity. They do get training, but not the way that they will at a comfort level that they will in this facility. It's the first in Mississippi. Why is this so important to our state and the citizens in our state? Well, they have, they have these type of homes all over the United States. We have children right now that have to go to Texas or other states. Uh, the families have to move to other states so that their children can go to uh, homes like this. And that just should never happen. So this will give an opportunity for these parents to stay in state, be with their families, extended families, and, and, and be able to care for their children here and continue to have their jobs and things that we take for granted, they'll actually have that opportunity to continue on because they have to continue on. In a moment's notice, just like with the children that you see here today, their lives will change forever. And, and this will give them an opportunity to continue on a different life but in a normal setting. Do we have a large population of medically fragile children in Mississippi? We do. Uh, we really, really do, and I found that just in my work with this um, creating this type of a home. We really have more parents than you know, medically fragile children, and they don't get the support they need out in the community once they go home. We hope to be that support system for them. We see the blueprint behind you. Can you kind of describe what the facility will look like, how many children um, could stay in the, in the facility? This facility is a 20-bed facility. Our hopes is for 30 beds, so it's got room for expansion. Stepping into this a little bit slowly so we can see how this is going to look, we want to get this right. We want to get it so right that other states want to mirror what we've done here because you always want to be a state of the art, and we wanted a very home-like atmosphere. This is a vision of, of a facility mainly started for these four kids and children coming after them so that this will never happen again, that children will never remain in a hospital again. First Lady of Mississippi, Deborah Bryant. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. 
Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter, and fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.